we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. And as always, uh, I want to ask you to do a couple things as we get ready to jump into the content. We're talking about leadership areas of growth, areas that leaders should grow, things that I think every person should grow in. But these are key component areas that we as leaders must grow in. And before we jump into it, three things. Number one, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for no- or notifications to know when we drop a new podcast, which is every other Thursday. Uh, and so doing that would be great. Also, uh, if you would leave me a comment, write a review, something like that to help us promote our, our podcast. I believe in the content. And if you do too, would you do that for me? You could also want to email me. You can reach me at the terrylinscott.com website. You can find that in our show notes. And, and click on that link and go there and navigate through the website. Uh, we're launching our ministers and training course here very soon on there. If you're looking for ministry pastors, if you have people that are in your church that want ministry and you don't know how to help them, uh, it's a 25 week course that you can jump on and uh, it's free to you. And uh, we will do everything we can to help sharpen and encourage ministry into people's lives. And the last thing is share the content. If it adds value to you, if this is helping you, Please just shoot a a share uh, to somebody that you know this would help. Send it to your family, your friends, share it on your social media platforms. Uh, I would truly greatly appreciate that. And I know that if this is helping you, it'll help somebody else as well. Hey, let's jump into it today. This again, the Anointing Leadership Podcast, where we're asking God's anointing to get upon us, his super on our natural to accomplish everything he's called us to do. And today we're talking about leadership areas of growth or areas that every leader should be concerned on their growth. Right. So first of all, let's always like I normally do is read a Bible verse in first Samuel last uh, episode in uh, the last podcast we talked about in first Samuel chapter 16. Uh, we talked about influencing up. We talked about, uh, you know, how to address leaders when there's problems and things like that. I want to jump right back to one verse that, that we read and, and dive into that verse. I just did a series at my church called Preparation for Promotion. And on that preparation for promotion, I'm using, I used this in three Sundays and preached a message that had to do with my church because I believe we're in a period of acceleration. But I'm using this in the lens of leadership today. I really believe that as leaders, if we don't look to sharpen ourselves, not just be self-helped, I'm talking about sharpening our leadership skills, um, I think that we will, we, we're at a place where we just won't grow and things won't produce and we won't be as fruitful as we thought, think we should be. It requires growth in our life. And so in 1 Samuel 16, verse 18, it says, remember this, this is where one of the servants said, I've seen one of the sons of, of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, talking about David, who would come and play the harp for Saul to, when a distressing spirit got all over him and he would get free from David's playing the harp. So this is what it says, though, about David. Listen to the attributes of leadership. Uh, then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, 
and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. <laughs> now, that's, that's a, a mouthful of, of, of a few things there that we see. And I want to address this issue with you, is that David, in this moment, was just anointed as the next king. Uh, he was the shepherd boy for his dad, taking care of the sheep in the pen. He wasn't invited to his uh, anointing service to become king and get the anointing on him. Uh, he was out there. He wasn't the. He was rejected. He was refused. He was not the the first pick of anything. And so what we find is this is what we find is he was in the sheep pen, anointed to be the next king, the eighth son to be to do this, which is all out of order anyway. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Saul's struggling, and his servant says, "I found a man." a young man that has all of these attributes that will help you and be beneficial. I want you to look at verse 17. If you just go back and jot it down, I wrote this down about verse 17 because it said, one of the servants said, I saw a son of Jesse. And so I want you to understand that someone is looking for you to solve a problem. That's what leadership does. We solve problems. We are problem solvers, not problem creators. I just did, I did a, a, a podcast and talked about that a few weeks back. And you have to understand people are looking at you. Well, what are they looking at? They're looking at attributes about leadership. They're looking for certain things. And I believe this is a list of things that we should be looking in the mirror at in our life. Last podcast I dropped was influencing up or addressing issues with leadership. And this is the key is people around us know our problems, but sometimes we don't even know our problems. Most people around us know our weaknesses and we think we have all kinds of strengths. We've got to look at these areas and determine are they strong or are they weak? And when they're weak, we need to fix them. And when they're strong, we need to capitalize and strengthen them even more. And why? Because somebody is looking for you to solve their problem. This is what leadership does, right? I also wrote a few thoughts down before I jump into the content is number one, every great leader, not every leader, every great leader understands the need for improvement in their own life or self-improvement. Every great leader, not every leader, because not every leader thinks they need to improve. Most leaders that I know think they, they have arrived. And that's not leadership. That's dictatorship. That's uh, it's tyrannical type leadership. Uh, it's a boss that don't tell me what to do. I, I am who I am. I know what I'm doing, right? But every great leader understands the need to grow and improve themselves. Um, another thing about uh, uh, great leaders is this. Allow those around you to help you discover areas that need growth. That's kind of what we just talked about in the last episode. You can go back and listen to that, but if you haven't done so before we continue on. But here's the thing. The servant had seen David in this manner. They had already seen David in the manner that is the person that is to resolve the problem for the king. So it means David's already worked on his life. And, and, and the servant around Saul was letting him know, I found a man that you need to follow after. <laughs> Watch. I, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 talks about prayer in private. He's rewarded in public. I want to tell you what you do in private leaders will always be rewarded in public. People will see your growth in public if you'll work on it in private. If you will work on your life, people will notice and they'll take notice and they will want to be around you. They will, they will ask you to be around them, right? Um, David, watch, David was anointed for the kingship but was promoted as a music minister. His first promotion was music minister, not the king. So you may go from one place to the next in your life. And these are the attributes that get you to every area of promotion. Also, you have to understand, and I'm talking about these attributes of leadership and growth and improvement, is David was working with the sheep. 
His brothers and father, didn't. they refused him as the king. But God saw the heart of the man, right? And so what we find here is his, his musical ability put him in front of the king and set him up to kill Goliath. Every time you grow, it puts you into the next category to be able to kill your giants, to, to slay the things that are the obstacles in front of you. But it takes personal growth to do so, right? The last thing I'm going to say, watch, discipline is a key to growth. If you will not discipline your life to change and grow, you won't grow. You'll stay right where you are. And these are some things. So let's just jump into it today. Let's jump in. Let's look at, let's define some of this uh, of what we read about David. He, he, it says he was skillful. He was a man of valor, a man of war. He was prudent in speech. He was handsome and the Lord was with him. Six things. I'm going to take the last one and make it the first one. And the first one is the, the, the six areas of evaluation. Is the Lord with you? Are you walking in the anointing? Do you have the presence of God on your life? Watch. I'm talking about the anointed leadership podcast. If I'm asking God super to get on my natural, I have to have a relationship with him. If without the anointing, the rest of it is just a self-help. Just go get some self-help. Just improve yourself, improve your mind. But with the anointing of God on you, it expedites it. Exponential growth in every one of these attributes. That you know, Is the Lord with you? Are you in his presence? Does, do you feel the anointing of God on you? The anointing on you will cause a supernatural promotion for you. This is the thing we have to look at. Even though it was the last thing that was listed in the attributes from the servant, we all know from a biblical perspective, perspective, it's the first thing that causes all these other things to, to happen. And even though it says, and the Lord was with them, that was the reason why all of the other stuff was defined, right? It, the, the presence of the Lord should be noticeable in your life. It, the presence of God should be there. It's not just because you're a good speaker. The presence of God, the anointing of God should be present. If you're going to grow, you got to grow in his presence. Remember Moses, if your spirit, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going, right? For leadership, you have to pray for decisions and move when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. This is what leaders do. We move by the Spirit of God. And if you don't know the voice of God, then the Lord isn't with you. When the Lord is with you, you know his voice. My sheep know my voice, the Bible says. And so you have to understand it's an attribute. How do you do that? Prayer. Time in the word, get in church, get in worship, right? Have a relationship. If you're the senior pastor, when are you receiving the word? When is you allowing the word of God to be preached to you? Where's faith coming to you? Just because you come as the senior pastor and you're given all the time, if you're not receiving, you're going to have a hard time in his presence. You've got to build faith in your life and who are you listening to? Who's speaking into your life, right? These are the things to get to the next level of anointing requires prayer, requires study of the word, requires faith, requires fat. It's all kinds of things. You know this. So the Lord is with you. It's an attribute. You've got to, you've got to measure the, by the, the, the thermostat of your life. How, how hot are you for Jesus? You know, you are, or how cold you are for the presence of God. You got to be hot on fire for God. And when you are, the Lord is with you. And when he's with you, all these other things will flourish. It's the number one thing to leadership growth, in my personal opinion, biblically. The second thing it says, he was skillful. Uh, I did a whole three-week series. I talked about that already on this on this topic. You ought to go back and listen to it on our church YouTube page, uh, and you can find that in our show. But uh, the, the reality is he was skillful. David was skillful. That means God issued him a talent, and he actually made it work. 
he actually became good at what the talent was, which was playing the harp. You can't just play the harp one time because God gave you a gift and it not and it be good. You got to practice. You got to take lessons. You got to hours upon hours to become skillful. You and I both know that it takes a lot of time effort and energy to be skillful. Uh, you have to do that. You got to learn to be skillful. Leaders have a lot of areas to be skillful in. You've got to be skillful in a lot of areas. Number one, and how do you build relational equity? How do you do that? That's got that's a skill because why you, you deal with a lot of different characters. You deal with a lot of different attitudes. You deal with a lot of different personalities. Uh, and if you're not skillful in relational equity, you'll bomb uh, in your relationships, you'll run people off. People won't want to be around you because you don't know how to build relational equity. That's a skill. That's a skill to take a guy that's a, a alpha male, and then you got a guy that's an introvert, right? You got a guy that all he wants to do is lead, and then the next person is somebody that don't even want to talk. He's quiet. He's all to himself. You got these two type of people. How do you lead them? You lead them differently, right? So you ha- it's a skill to lead that. You've got to figure that out, right? Another skill that you have to develop is pointing and casting vision. And this requires a skill to cast vision, to point a direction, to say where we're going, to adjust, uh, to make changes. To It requires skill to make a change. It, it, you can't just get up and say, oh, well, we were going here, now we're going there. And people are like, what? There's a skill to causing people to go in the same direction as you when you're making change. These are skills that you as leaders have to do. You have to, you have to be able to embrace people. It's a skill. It's a skill to empower people. It's a skill to relinquish authority and delegate authority. Those are skills. These aren't things you just do because you're a leader, uh, because you know something. It's a skill to do that. You've got to be skillful. You've got to work on this. You've got to sharpen every one of these. It, it's also a skill, watch, to be an empowering leader and a and that uh, that control leader. I did a podcast on that of how do, when does it time to take control and when is it a time to release and empower. You're going to have both levels of that, and it's a skill to know when to and know how to when to shift, when to adjust, how to shift, how to adjust. It's a skill. These are things that you have to work on. Notice this, David's. Uh, these attributes set David up to be in front of the king, which set him up to kill Goliath. You, you got to see it in this, this, this trajectory. It's these things is what gave him the ability to be promoted, right? The second, the third thing that we talked about is this, a man of valor. The verse says he was a man of valor. What is valor? It's a great strength of mind in the face of danger. That's what valor means. It's a great strength of mind in the face of danger. Uh, it's also great courage. It's be able to take great, uh, uh, be of good courage to account, encounter things, to do things, to make decisions. It takes courage to, to step out of the boat. It takes courage to make decisions. It takes courage to start new works and new things. It takes great courage. It takes great courage to make hard decisions, even if they're costly decisions. It, it, it's, it's the ability to just take deep breaths. Whew, okay, I'm going to do it. Man, I don't want to. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm a scared. But courage gives me with great courage. You got to build courage. You got to strengthen your be courageous. You got to be willing to, to, to step out when nobody else is for you, right? When no one agree agrees with you, no one's for you. Uh, you still got to have great courage to make hard decisions. You got to have great courage to keep doing even when everybody around you doesn't agree with you. You got to be able to do that. This is courage. Uh, you got to have the courage to empower others to run with your vision. This is courage. Is is it's your vision, your business, your income, your livelihood, but you're trusting somebody else. 
That takes great courage. And that's not easy. It takes great courage and ability to move forward in any storm. When problems hit, when, when COVID hit, you still had to go forward. It takes great courage to make hard decisions to go forward in the midst of every opposition. You have to develop that. It's a lot of times we're, gonna, we're ready, we're ready, and then we just quit. We're ready, we're ready, and then we just quit because of opposition. Courage moves past that opposition. You got to work and build that. You got to have that attribute. People around you know it. They can see it. Notice this. They saw this in David. He, his Kurt, they saw the courage to do this, right? The next one is, the fourth one is a man of war. Woo! You got to be a man that's willing to fight the battle. You got to go all in. You can't just take days off. You can't throw in the towel. You can't quit. You got to be a man of war. You are focused uh, on your vision. This is what this means. David was focused. He was focused on the sheep. He was focused on taking care of his father's sheep. And, and he, how do you know that? He killed the lion. He killed the bear. Who else did he kill? What else did he kill? Right? So you realize that. You understand as a man of war, your objective is not comparison. It's better version of yourself. You're not competing with other people. It doesn't matter if you're a burger joint, a, a church, a, a different denominational church, same denominational church. It doesn't matter. You're not competing you're not in comparison. You are a better version of yourself. This is a man of war that you're fighting the good fight of your faith. You're fighting forward for your vision. You're not against anybody else. You're for God and for yourself, right? Uh, you are also a man of war is you're on the offensive rather than the, def the, than the defensive. You're not reactive. You're proactive. You're always responding to things, not reacting to. Watch, you disrupt the status quo. Just because nobody else is doing it doesn't mean you don't. You do what's in your heart. You go after your vision. This is a man of war. You are, you are that person that's a, a trailblazer. You're a trendsetter. You are the guy that is pushing forward. This is what men of war do. We go on the offensive. We're not defensive. We're not always just trying to build up uh, uh, walls to protect. We are also in an advance and attack mode, right? You maneuver the methods to produce increase. Uh, you know, the message never changed, but the methods do. So you maneuver through the methods for increase. You don't move when everyone else does. You don't do it because somebody else is doing it. You do what you need to do to maneuver through methods to produce increase. Uh, you promote, this is a man of war, you promote unity uh, of leadership rather than a dictatorship. It's unity of leadership. We're leading and co-leaders together. Your policies and systems, this is what Man of War does. Your policies and systems create security for everyone involved. It's not just protecting you, but it's protecting everybody. The systems are good for everybody. What does that mean? It doesn't mean whether they like it or not. It's good for them. These systems don't just what you like. It's also good for other people. Uh, the last thing on the, the Man of War is the KISS syndrome, right? The KISS acronym, if you will. It's keep it simple, stupid. You're, it's, war is simple. It's not over. If you overcomplicate it, you're, you're going to, you're going to wear yourself out. Keep it simple, stupid, make it so simple that anybody can do the war fight with you. Don't sit there and try to become so technological that nobody else can do it right in the mindset. Man of war means you keep it simple, stupid. That's my mindset. The fifth one, prudent in speech. Let me re rephrase these. Number one, the Lord is with you. You got to have the presence of God in your life. If you're going to look to increase under this anointing in these last days, you need the Lord with you. You've got to be skillful just because not just anointed. David was anointed, but he was also skillful. You means you got to do a part to play. That's the anointed leadership podcast, asking God super on our natural, 
right? A man of valor, a great courage, a man of war, focused, and you're take you're on the offensive. You're not defensive. You're not just protective mode. You're attack. You're you're willing to risk it all, right? Five is prudent in speech. I, I, I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 14, English Standard Version, by the way. Why speak knowledge? Fools bring ruin. Whatever comes out of your mouth, man, it's going to make or break you. We understand whatever you say will make or break you, right? Your mouth will propel you or it will defeat you. It will push you forward or it will hinder you and push you backwards. It'll cause you to be offensive or cause you to become defensive. Your mouth, your, the what you say is going to create death or life. It's up to you to use your mouth right. You've got to begin to speak the vision. You got to speak about it. You got to speak to it. You got to declare it to come to pass, right? You have to. You know, this is another thing about prudent speech. It's how you speak to others. Think about this. How do you speak to others? Are you downgrading them? Do you put them down? Do you belittle them? Does it come like you are better than them? Or do you build them up? Do you encourage them? Is the way you speak to people, is it beneficial? Is it attractive to them? Uh, how about this? How do you speak about your vision? How do you talk about it? Are you talking about it like it's it's fear, doubts, unbelief? Do you talk about it like it's too hard, it's too complicated? Do you talk about it like it's it's impossible? Or do you talk about your vision like, man, this is what God said. God is Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's providing. He's El, Shal- El Shaddai. He is, he, he is this to me. He's the peace of God. He is the joy. God's going to do this. We're going to do this with God. How do you talk about your vision? Prudent in speech is you got to determine what you are saying. Are you, are you talking about it? Are you talking against it? Are you pushing for it? Are you painting a picture that is really tough? Or are you trying to um, be so logical to bring it down to a level of understanding? Or do you just talk about it? And people around you looking at you like you're crazy, but you're talking to the vision and about it. What about this? How do you speak about your past, your experiences and your education? Or are, are they your past? Is it experience and education? Are you learning from it? Or are you blaming it? And is it hindering you? How do you talk about your past? How Whatever you're doing, if you're talking about, man, I, we went through this and ugh, because you could say it this way, because I went through COVID, oh my gosh, we're never going to make it. Or you went through COVID and say, look, man, I learned some things. We need to have some things in order. We need to create different systems and different policies to protect us. One of two ways. It's I'm not going to make it again, or I'm creating systems that when something like this happens again, I'm, gonna, I'm ready for it. That's what I'm talking about. How are you talking about things? Because however you're talking, you may be okay, but everybody around you is hearing victory or defeat. And whatever they hear is what they're going to run with rather than what they read, right? The last one is handsome person. This is what David was. The Lord was with him. He was skillful. He was a man of valor, a man of war. He had his mouth in order. And the last one is handsome person. Now, some people, this, we can't help (laughs) some people, right? Just bear with me. But this isn't talking about your facial features or your body attributes. This is talking about something significant when it comes to leadership. This is what I mean by dress for success. How do you carry yourself? How, how do you carry yourself 24-7? Not just on the clock, but all of the time. Do you walk with confidence? Do you walk with security? How do you walk? Do you walk with your uh, shoulders back and your head held high? How do you walk? Do you walk like I, you believe in yourself and you believe in your vision? This is handsome. People can see you. They see a glow about you. They see a confidence about you, right? Uh, your behavior 
You've heard this, actions speak louder than words. Your behavior, how you handle, how you carry yourself, they speak louder than the words out of your mouth. You can be bold and audacious in your words and you can attack people, but people know the insecurities. They know the lack of confidence because they see it. David carried himself with great confidence because the Lord was with him. <laughs> this is what we have to understand. And the Lord was with him, and that's why he walked with great confidence, right? You know, God judges your heart, but watch what I'm going to say. Man judges your appearance. The handsomeness of him was how people saw him. We can all say, well, God judges my heart. It don't matter. It does matter. If you're looking for promotion, it matters or what people see around you, whether they're attracted to you or not. You have to work on that, right? Cleanliness is next to godliness. What does your office look like? What does your car look like? What does your garage look like? What does your house look like? Are your clothes ironed? Are the stains out of them? What, what does it look like? Are your shoes cleaned and shined, right? Are you organized? This is handsome. When I say these things, a lot of people think that this isn't what, we're, what the word talks about. But look at the lens of leadership. How does people see you? How can they see you? What do they see about you? What do they determine in your life? Are you disciplined, undisciplined? Are you faithful, patient? How are you? And people should see these things about the, These are the areas, the six areas that every leader should be working in their life, in my opinion. Under the Anointed Leadership Podcast, we're asking God super on our natural ask you this question. Is the Lord with you? Is his presence increasing in your life? Do you have the anointing on your life? Are you skillful? That means, are you working on every area of your talent, your gift, your vision, the thing that you're responsible for? Are you a man of valor, a man of courage? Are you courageous in the face of every opposition? Are you a man of war? Are you on the attack? Are you a taking ground or are you holding back and defending ground? Are you prudent in speech? How do people hear you talk? Are, watch. And, and the last one is, are you handsome? Are you dressing for success? Do you carry yourself with your head high, shoulders back, with great confidence because the Lord's with you? Or are you scared? Are you fearful? Are you fretting? Does, do you have no discipline about your life? These are the areas that you and I must grow in as leaders. My challenge for you as we end today, hey, go work these attributes. Go look in the mirror. Ask people around you about these areas of your life that you trust. Let them help you develop and become greater leaders tomorrow than you are today. Hey, till next time, this is Terry Linscott, the Anointing Leadership Podcast. We're praying for you that, uh, that God's anointing get upon you to help you accomplish everything he's called you to do in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.